Hello and welcome to the weekly message podcast from Crozet United Methodist Church in Crozet, Virginia. We invite you to join us in person any Sunday for our contemporary service at 9.30 a.m. or for a more traditional service at 11 a.m. Please visit us online at www.crozetunitedmethodist.org for further information. We hope you enjoy this week's message from Crozet UMC. It has been quite a day. We had our first ever inaugural sunrise service out on the front lawn this morning, and it has just continued up until this moment. And we are so grateful to be able to gather here because in the beginning, Christians weren't sure what to do with themselves. In the gospel accounts by today, everyone was convinced that Jesus had died. Tragically so. They thought he would triumph, and yet on Friday he died on the cross. And then all day on the Sabbath, from sundown on Friday to sundown on Saturday, the women who had been with Jesus and who had followed him in his earthly ministry were waiting for the first opportunity to pay homage to him, to greet him, and to once more cover his body in ways that would reflect their adoration and gratitude. But they came that day expecting to find a body that was dead. And when they arrived, they discovered that not only was the tomb opened, but that Christ was not there, that he had been risen, raised from the dead, and that he now had a job for them to do. Go and tell the others. And that is where the Gospels empower all of us. Go and tell. The original ending of the first Gospel account, which would have been Mark, was the most early written one, ended with them fleeing in terror and amazement, shock and awe, and never telling anyone. That's how it ended. And Easter would have never been if they had kept to that. Now, we know that they didn't, but I'm sure when you expected to find a body and you found an angel or two, depending on the gospel account, it's a little bit of a shock to you. And then to find out that all of the mourning that you had been doing since you witnessed him dying on the cross had now been turned on its head and Christ was resurrected, that too is going to take some processing in order to figure out what is going on. And early Christians, several decades later, when Paul is writing to those Christians of Corinth, we're still wrestling with what does that mean? Did Christ really rise from the dead? Was it really his body that came back? Or is this more of a spiritual awakening? What are we talking about? But Paul is adamant. Paul, who was a Pharisee, is adamant that Jesus rose from the dead. And the first apostles who encountered the risen Christ were so convinced and adamant that this was the truth, that not only were they willing to go against the authorities of the temple and the synagogues, not only were they willing to put their lives at risk all the way to the point of becoming martyrs for their faith, but they were willing to put into words that if you don't believe in the resurrection of the dead, then Christ has been for nothing. For nothing. And if things had ended on Friday, we might have had forgiveness for our sins because the offering that Christ made upon the cross was complete for everyone for all time. But God wasn't convinced that that was the end of the story for us. 
Could you imagine in that day you have learned that Jesus has died for your sins on the cross and that you can truly be forgiven any sin, any mistake, any harm that you have ever done, that you can be reconciled to God and other people because of that offering. But then a few days later or a few weeks or months or even maybe a couple years, you die and that's it. It's pretty anticlimactic at that point. Instead, God said this truth is so transformative that it will take you eternity to appreciate it. It is so powerful and meaningful that you are going to need every day forever to really appreciate what Easter is. Easter is not something that you learn once and you forget it. It's like the flower opening. There are layers and layers there. And as you continue to get older, Easter means different things. You can remember when Easter was all about bunnies and eggs, right? You can remember that. Now, apparently, the Easter bunny has really upped the game since I was a kid. According to the kids, I'm a little shocked. I feel like, I, Mom, I feel like I got a little bit, like, left out of this. I don't know. But let me tell you what I remember about Easter. I remember on Easter that even though we were doing baskets and bunnies and eggs, and my mother made me wear some horrible outfits <laughs> that involved a lot of lace and yoke and, yeah, uh, made me do that, and bonnets and gloves. We had to wear that. I know, some of you feel my pain right now, don't you? You remember. That, that, was, that was hard enough. But then we always went to church. And I watched as finally adults were acting like kids at Christmas. Adults were excited greeting each other. He is risen. He is risen indeed. And they're getting all excited and jovial. And I'm like, it's a basket with some bunnies. <laughs> but it's not. The older we get, the longer we live, the more we experience death rocking our lives and eating up pieces of our heart, the more we realize that the resurrection means everything. Because when that tomb was realized to be empty. It emptied before they got there. But when they realized what had happened, everything was different. He's not dead. This is not a tragedy. This is a triumph. Everybody tried to destroy Jesus and his message. They put him on the cross. They tried to publicly humiliate him. They beat him and battered him with words and fists and whips. And he died, but he did not stay dead. Because there is nothing, not even death, that can keep God from getting to you. God is for you and with you. And if you have ever felt the suffering that happens in this world, if you have ever felt sick or diseased, or if your body has ever failed you, if you have lost someone that you love so much... And there is a giant hole within your being, a cavern. And you wonder how you will ever be whole again. Then Easter is for you. It is a reminder that death is not our end. We don't want death to be our end. Most of us think about our life and we try to figure out where we're going in our life. And you try to plot and you can plan and you can have all kinds of ideas. People had all kinds of ideas about what was going to happen with Jesus. Right? Simon the Zealot thought he's going to overthrow the Roman Empire. He's going to kick Pilate out of here. By Friday, we will be a free people. Judas thought he is going to change the way society is. 
But then all of a sudden, he allowed someone to engage in this opulent display of affection by pouring out all of this really expensive and valuable nard on him for what? The disciples were constantly trying to figure out if they knew the end story. And then comes Easter. Plot twist, he lives. They didn't see it coming. And they didn't see it coming because they were so immersed in their own grief and fear and loss that they couldn't see the light. And that's why Easter is important. Right now in our world, we have people who are suffering, who are sick. We have people who are once more under the threat of mortal wounding because of war and violence. We have people who feel helpless and hopeless and depressed. We have all kinds of people all over this world that are struggling to understand why bother. And Easter is God's moment to tell us, I am doing everything for you. You just couldn't see what I was doing. During the midst of Lent, I spent a lot of time talking to our children in the preschool who gather right here, and our children, children's time who gather right here, about these symbols. That's why we kind of capped it off with a bunny this Easter. But we've talked about all kinds of symbols. We've talked about Easter eggs and how the idea of the Easter egg is that once you open it and this wonderful thing comes out, you have an empty egg like the empty tomb. Talked about that. We talked about the idea that you have bunnies, and we talked about butterflies, but butterflies are difficult because, spoiler alert, butterflies are not about Jesus. The same Jesus that came out of that tomb is the very same Jesus that went in. And the gospel accounts, all four, are very clear on that. That's how they could touch him. That's how he could eat with them. That's how they were able to experience his physical presence back again. He bore the wounds of the crucifixion just to show people, you are going to have a body when this is all over. And they are going to assault your body on my behalf. They are going to assault your mind and your spirit. But I promise you that no one is going to utterly destroy you. And so it was that we have these butterflies. And what do we do with these butterflies? Butterflies are a symbol of transformation. They don't start off as butterflies. And fortunately, a lot of the preschool classes had butterflies that they had raised from eggs. And then they were caterpillars. And then they went into their chrysalis phase and wove cocoons, and then they just looked dead. But then all of a sudden, one day, new life started to emerge from that which looked like a tomb. Butterflies at Easter are about us. Because the, the caterpillar is an interesting being. A caterpillar is born and has one thing it wants to do, eat. It wants to consume everything. It'll eat your favorite shrub, it'll eat your favorite tree, it'll eat anything, and it doesn't care, you know, if I keep eating this, it's going to kill the bush, but they don't care. Caterpillars don't care. That's why the kids still think they're cute, and the rest of us are like, call an exterminator. Because we understand that caterpillars are so consumed with consuming that they will utterly destroy. But then, it's like finally it stops. They all go into their little cocoons. And then we look at these cocoons and we're like, they look dead. They're not moving anymore. They look a little gross. Not really sure how we feel about these things that are not hanging from the tree. But then one day, out comes a butterfly. 
How did something as selfish and self-consuming as a caterpillar become this? And if you've ever watched a butterfly dry its wings and spread them out for the first time and there's this beautiful sheen when the light hits their wings and then suddenly they're off. They're off flying, flitting from flower to flower, drinking nectar, spreading pollen, blessing the world with their beauty. How did a caterpillar become this? It's almost as unfathomable and irrational as a sinner becoming a saint. And that is us. We are those that were so consumed with our own will and our own desire that we sinned. We sinned when we wanted to. We sinned when we didn't want to. We sinned when we weren't even aware that we were sinning. And that might have been our destruction. And for God to figure out how to love God's children who are constantly not listening, breaking God's heart, and destroying ourselves, one another, and the world, it's pretty amazing that God would be like, I'm going to give you a second chance, a third chance, a millionth chance. I'm going to give you more chances than there are bunnies in seven years. I'm going to give you those chances. And then, even if you manage to blow that many chances... I still love you enough that I want you to be with me forever. That is the message of Easter. I love you so much, I want you to be with me forever. And so the resurrection matters. When Paul was trying to tell Corinth, if you don't have a bodily resurrection, this is all pointless. This is completely pointless. What are we doing here if we don't believe that there was a bodily resurrection? And a couple decades later, you got people that were going, nah, maybe it's not. That's a little crazy. It's weird. He was bodily resurrected? Maybe he was, you know, his spirit came out. Maybe that's what happened. No, the Gospels are clear. That tomb was empty. Empty. They were sent away because Jesus was no longer there. Go and tell that news is what they were instructed. Go and tell the news. Jesus is already ahead of you. Jesus has already gone to Galilee. Catch up. And that is the message of Easter. Jesus has already been dead. Jesus has already been in the tomb. And those of us that can name at least one person that we wish wasn't in the tomb, Easter is our reminder that one day they will not be in the tomb any longer. They will be restored. And the older I get, the more I'm liking this bodily resurrection. The more I'm liking it. As I told the kids, I said, have you ever hurt yourself? Oh, yeah, you thought they went down a rabbit hole earlier. Start asking about boo-boos. <laughs> I've seen more knees and fingers and Band-Aids in the past month than you would expect. But they, they, it resonates. Oh, I've been hurt. My body has hurt. Have you ever been sick? Oh, yeah. Yeah, usually that leads to a bunch of sharing about nausea that none of us want to hear. <laughs> oh, yeah, they know what it's like to be sick. They know. Has anybody ever said anything that hurt your heart? In preschool, in preschool, they know what it's like to have somebody say something that hurts their heart. And then we ask, you know, have you ever said anything that hurt somebody else's heart? That one's a sticky wicket. Yes, no, maybe, not sure. But, you know, three out of four questions they were able to answer in the affirmative. And so what ends up happening is I said, well, here's what happens. You are going to be the butterflies one day. One day when Jesus comes back, 
We are all going to come out of our tombs, our cocoons. And we are no longer going to have these bodies because these bodies, they get hurt and they cry and they get sick and they die and they sin. But our new bodies will never have that. Our new bodies will be impervious to sickness or death or crying. Our new bodies are made to last forever. And on that day, you are going to see the ones that you have lost. You're not just going to see them. You're going to be able to touch them and hold them and kiss them. All of that will be restored. Not only is God promising each and every one of us our own resurrection, God is saying, I'm resurrecting everyone you've ever loved. All of you are coming back. And I'm already at work ahead of you preparing the kingdom. Christ inaugurated it on Christmas with his birth. He continued to build it in his years of earthly ministry. He then raised it to the next level with his crucifixion and his resurrection. And then he handed us the keys and said, keep building. That's why Easter is an every year event. Every year we build and every year we should be blessing, telling people. I've had a number of people over the course of this morning say, you know, I'm the only one in my family that's a Christian. You know, my parents really don't understand why I come to church on Easter. You know, I was, I was older than you were when I first heard, he is risen, he is risen indeed. Yeah. Because sometimes we fail to tell the good news. How can you fail to tell someone that their suffering on this world is not the final answer? Christ is going to conquer death. Paul stakes his entire ministry on that truth. He owns it. If I am wrong about this, then I have been a fool and you all are futile with me. Everything that I am, I stake on this truth. That Christ rose from the dead and we will too. That is our truth. And Christians have been sharing that message for almost 2,000 years. Every Easter, we say it again, he is risen, he is risen indeed. And we tell people and we show them and we live it and we sing it and we pray it because we are Easter people. We are not a people who mourn like we have no hope. We are Easter people. And I've done a lot of funerals in my time. I did more funerals before I was the same age Jesus was when he went into ministry than any 20-something should ever have to do. And I have buried a lot of people. And sometimes the only thing that redeems that is I know that that is not the last time that I have seen them. I will see them again. And the bodies that went into the ground are not the bodies that are coming back out. The ones that were riddled with cancer. The ones that had fallen to Parkinson's. The ones that had died in tragic accidents. The ones that we lost to the suffering and suicide. All of those are not gone. They are coming back. They are coming back. <laughs> Come on in. So the last story I'll share with you is how Easter changes. Right? I was in my early teens when I realized that Easter had changed. My sister's about 10 years younger than me. And I remember the first time we took her Easter egg hunting. Right? You take her Easter egg hunting and she found the egg and she picked it up, and she was like, I have found the grail. I have found it. It is here. And I was like, Katie, come on. you got to get more eggs. 
I got a basket here, and these other kids are eating your eggs. Get the eggs. No, I have the egg. I have the egg. Katie, over here, this way. And I remember I reached down, and I picked up an egg, and I gave it to her, and she was like, I thought I had everything, and now I have it all. You don't just have forgiveness of your sins. You have everlasting life. Your hands are full. Go and tell that good news. Share that with people. Don't be afraid. Today is the day where everybody's like, these Christians are going to say weird things about resurrection of the dead. They accept it. Use it. <laughs> tell them. Jesus Christ is risen. Let me teach you that you want, you want the secret code? I'll teach it to you. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Now you're all in. Right? That's, that's how it works. And you know what? How many years did we say that before we actually understood what it meant? How many years did we say, he's risen, he's risen indeed, yeah, 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 when's lunch? <laughs> you know when it comes real? The first time you lose somebody. It comes real when you realize, I would give everything to have that person back. My siblings in Christ, you don't have to give everything. God already did. God already did. And your loved ones are being held in trust. And one day, like today, will be their Easter and their tombs will be empty. And from that day, we will all come together. And that day, it will be, we are risen. We are risen indeed. May it be so. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Thank you again for joining us for this week's podcast. We hope you found the message meaningful, and we invite you to join us in person as we gather for worship at Crozet United Methodist Church every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. Please visit us online at www.crozetunitedmethodist.org to learn about ways you can connect with God and your neighbors through the ministries of Crozet UMC. Have a great week.